Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth interactive study of the Word of God. I'm excited today because we're in the middle of a great series on the book of Genesis, the first book of the Pentateuch, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Moses writes down incredible stories from the beginning all the way through now. We're in the time of Jacob, and I'm excited because one of our team members, Brittany, will be leading our study today, Jacob the Supplanter. But it's good news, too, because God is going to change his life. So I'm glad you're with us. And by the way, if you've not been with us for the series, go back to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Watch the whole series. While you're there, you can download the same outline that Brittany will be using. We've all got it here. And our, our prayer is that you'd be inspired to start a study group in your area. In fact, this whole series on Genesis is just by our team teachers. And that's really great. I get to sit on the stool and be one of the participants. But we'd like to challenge you to start a study in your area. We also have a free gift for you, by the way, and that is the wonderful book, Patriarchs and Prophets. You can just go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift button, and it's available in more than 20 languages or an audio book. It's a companion. The first 21 chapters deal with the book of Genesis, and you'll really be blessed. So lots of good things happening here. Welcome to the team. We're glad you're here, and welcome to our remote uh, team members joining us. Shana joining us again from Maine. Good to see you, Shana. Always good to have you on the team. And Toronto, well, that's Rodney joining us from Toronto. Glad you're with us again, Rodney. And God bless you as we share the Word of God together. We're always happy to hear from Hope Sabbath School members around the world. And here's Rob writing to us from close to where we're recording in the state of Virginia. And Rob says, I watch your Bible study on Hope Channel on 368, that's DirecTV, on the Sabbath day, sometimes Friday evenings after sunset. It's the best Bible study ever. Well, we would say praise God that he's blessing his life, right? I believe God led me to this program to help me better understand the Bible. Amen. Amen. I would suggest that you look into having a Hope Sabbath School for children, too. Well, that would be something worth uh, dreaming about. Jesus, didn't he say, let the children come to me? Thanks for considering my suggestion, he writes. You're more than welcome to share this message with whatever you feel would be helped with this suggestion. Have a blessed day. Well, Rob, I think that's a great idea to have a Bible study for children. And I'll have to see if there's anything already happening. We probably wouldn't call it Hope Sabbath School, but... uh, Happy Sabbath school or something. Uh, People would enjoy it. But Rob, we're we're glad you're thinking about the children. And Jesus, of course, loves the children. They're precious to him. Harun writes from Canada. And Harun says, My family and I love to watch Hope Sabbath School each week. And this has helped us to be good Bible learners, able to share with our Bible study at our church in Nova Scotia, Canada. You're a big inspiration and encouragement to us. May God bless this ministry and your personal lives and endeavors. Well, Harun, thanks for writing to us from Nova Scotia there in Canada. We're glad you and your family are part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Well, here's a little handwritten note. We get these every once in a while. This one's from a donor in New Jersey. 
And uh, the donor writes and says, Greetings, Hope Sabbath School team. Greetings. I'm writing to you from New Jersey. Thank you for sharing the Sabbath School so joyfully and plainly. Mm-hmm. I love the songs that you sing. Special thanks to the media team. Well, we've been hearing thanks for those, uh, our director and our audio specialist and our camera operators. We're all part of a team together. Special thanks to the media team and the others behind the scenes. Thank you. And here's my monthly contribution of $30. Amen. Praise the Lord. By the way, when you multiply 30 by 12, that's a significant contribution to the global evangelistic media ministry of Hope Sabbath School. So thank you, donor in New Jersey. You know who you are. But thanks to each one of you that decide to partner with us. You can go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, and just click on the donate button and we'll all smile because we're part of a great miracle together. Basil writes from the Solomon Islands, Mm -hmm. Greetings in the name of the Lord. Greetings. Greetings. I'm from the Happy Isles (laughs) of Solomon Islands. I'm studying remotely at the University of Hawaii Every week, I enjoy watching Hope Sabbath School. And all along, I'm very excited to hear God's word that you have shared. It has motivated me to give all of my worries to God Almighty. And He will give me real rest. Mm -hmm. I love Hope Sabbath School, and I will share what I learned with my fellow classmates and friends. God will continue to bless you all as you share His word. And then He uses... Uh, a, a Hawaiian word, not Solomon Islands, mahalo. <laughs> I don't think that's a Solomon Islands, is it? <laughs> He's studying there. And we're glad, um, B- Basil, that you're part of our family right there in the Solomon Islands. One last note from Jacinth is a Jamaican living on the island of Antigua. Mm-hmm. Jacinth writes and says, hello, Hope Sabbath School team. Hello. hello. Got a wave. <laughs> I'm Jamaican by birth but now live in Antigua. Now, I've got to just pause a moment because we welcome Rodney on our remote team members. And Rodney, that's your home territory, right? Though you live now in Toronto. But uh, I guess there are godly Jamaicans all over the world. (laughs) (laughs) And Jacinth is writing now from Antigua. She says, your program has blessed me tremendously, leading me back to God. Amen. Amen. Oh, I just get excited when I read notes like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Keep waving the banner high Mm. so that others may see Jesus and come home. Amen. Well, Jason, you brought joy to our hearts today. And right now, we're going to sing a song of praise to the Lord, written by the sons of Korah 3,000 years ago, but... My wife put a tune to Psalm 47. It says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He's a great king over all the earth. Let's sing it together. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Clap your hands, all you people, shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome, He is the great King over all the earth. For God has gone up with a shout, 
The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord most high is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you people! Shout to God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth. He is a great King over all the earth. He is a great King over all the Well, we're going to discover today that the Lord Most High is awesome, as Brittany leads us in a study of Jacob the Supplanter. Let's have a word of prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for how you have been teaching us and guiding us through the book of Genesis. Thank you for all the lessons that we've learned. Amen. And Lord, we know that you have more that you want to reveal to us today. And so we just pray that our hearts and our minds would be open Mm -hmm. through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we can learn what you want to teach us Mm -hmm. and that it would not only transform our lives, but we would be able to share that with someone else. Mm -hmm. We ask all these things in your precious name, dear Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, have any of you been an answer to someone's prayer? I hope each one of us can say yes to that question. Um, But in our story today, we're going to find that Jacob was actually an answer to his parents' prayer. And let's start in Genesis, our study together today. And we're going to be studying in Genesis chapter 25. And we're going to start with verses 21 to 23. And I'll ask Jason to start us off with that passage. And we're going to see how God had a plan and how Jacob's parents were actually seeking after his plan. And so please read that for us, Jason. I have the New King James Version, which says in Genesis chapter 25, verses 21 through 23, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea. And Rebekah his wife conceived, But the children struggled together within her. And she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Thank you, Jason. So what supernatural occurrence do we see um, here in this text? Anyone? Yes, Nisha. So first of all, there's a barren woman who's now conceiving. Uh-huh. Um, and then second of all, God is talking to that woman who has <laughs> conceived um, and, and tells her uh, that her children, uh, about her children. Yes. So there's a miracle happening, right? I believe every birth is a miracle, right? That God wove us together in our mother's wombs is an amazing miracle. But this is a special, um, even beyond that, because there's a prophecy that's mentioned. Rodney, you had something to share. And you're right, Brittany. I'm just following up on Nisha's point there, because 
the the backstory that the quick backstory is that Abraham wanted to ensure that Isaac had someone from his homeland, and there comes Rebecca uh, to to Isaac. They got married, and essentially now uh, Rebecca was supposed to be the the woman through through which the promise the promise uh, should be executed. But here she she's barren. And so uh, you see Isaac here pleading to the Lord. One version says, beseeching the Lord. And the Lord answered Isaac's prayer, not only with one son, but with two. Yes. Thank you, Rodney, for bringing that backstory to our mind because God has made promises, right? And what we learned last time, God always keeps his promises. When God makes a promise, we can guarantee it will be fulfilled. And so we see that um, Isaac is pleading to God and these twins are an answer to his prayer. And it's interesting as I was studying about this, um, there's actually seven other people in the Bible who there was a prophecy about them before they were born. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them we've studied and heard about before. Isaac was one. Ishmael was another one. Um, Solomon, Josiah, Cyrus, John the Baptist, and finally Jesus. Each of them were mentioned by name before they were born. Mm -hmm. And here we don't have Jacob mentioned by name, but um, there's a plan for his life already mentioned before Mm -hmm. his birth. Um, And we just see God has a plan, and when we seek him, we will find out what that plan is for our lives. Now, we want to find out about these twins. There's this prophecy given when they're first uh, conceived, right? Um, But what is this uh, prophecy about, and how does it come to fulfillment? So let's read, continue, in Genesis 25, verses 24 through 27, and I'm going to ask if Rodney would read that for us. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. Thank you, Rodney. So in what ways were these twins different? Um, I've met many twins throughout my life, and many times we think, oh, you know, they look the same, especially if they're identical twins. You know, they have so many features that look exactly alike. They must be the same in their personality as well. But pretty much every set of twins that I've ever met is very different in their personality and sometimes in their looks. Now, what are some of the differences that the Bible brings out about Jacob and Esau? Mm -hmm. Yes, Stephanie. Their occupation was different. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Occupation is definitely one. Yes, Jason. What's the physical aspect of them? You know, one was hairy and one was not. Uh Uh-huh. Definitely. That's another difference. Nisha? And just the temperament. So Stephanie mentioned the the occupations are different, but within those occupations, you also can see their temperament. You have someone who's in the field who's a hunter, so there's a bit more of an adventurer um, there, and then you have someone who stays close to home and in the tents and perhaps might be more contemplative. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Very different. Yes. I have a confession to make. (laughs) I, I always thought this word mild was like just kind of a you know, kind of a kind of person, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but that word is actually used uh, for Noah 
-hmm. and it's used of Job like blameless. Uh, mm -hmm. my, my Bible in the margin here it translates it literally as complete. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So I think I misunderstood. I mean, maybe he was not as aggressive like a hunter brother, but it, it's not a criticism mm -hmm. of him mm -hmm. when he's, he's called I don't know what other translations have besides mine, which just says mild. Mm -hmm. But I kind of grew up that he, thinking he was just kind of a very kind of, I don't know, weak maybe, yeah. mm -hmm. not 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 really the kind of person I would I would think would be really someone a man would want to be like. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something in that word that's more than we mm -hmm. see at first. Yes, thank you for bringing that up, Pastor Derek. And there are many examples in the scriptures using that same Hebrew word um, that helps us understand more about it. Um, and you've mentioned some of the people who were called after that, Job and Noah. And when it talks about them, it says they were perfect. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a high calling. Yeah. Um, and so this idea of perfect perfection or completeness or wholeness. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems to be talking more about his moral character yep. rather than his physique or his features. Yeah. Um, that it's, it's looking at his heart. And God sees that, um, you know, this, this one is going to be the one to carry on this godly lineage. Mm -hmm. um, and it was even prophesied. Mm -hmm. So beautiful insights. Now, we find that when we read this story, there's some dysfunction in this family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we think, oh, it's such a happy family. You know, they found this beautiful wife, Rebecca, who's godly for Isaac, who's also godly. Now they have twins that were much prayed for. Actually, when you read the story, you find that they prayed for these twins and it took 20 years mm -hmm. uh, before they had children. They were t 20 years that she was barren before she gave birth. So um, these were much prayed for children. Mm -hmm. And um, now there's actually some dysfunction in this godly home. Is that possible? Mm. Well, we're going to read a little bit more about it. Um, let's read in Genesis chapter 25, verses 28 through 34. And I'm going to ask Harold to read that for us. Mm -hmm. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it reads, And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau come in, came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Thank you, Harold. So what are some of these dysfunctions we see in this supposedly godly home that's supposed to be fulfilling the promise eventually down the line. Sabina. I think the first one that we see here is that parents, they are preferring a child to the mm -hmm. other. So we see that, you know, uh, Isaac loved Esau while Rebecca loved Jacob. Mm -hmm. And apparently this rivalry that the parents, that this preference of the parents transferred to the children mm -hmm. because it looks like there is some rivalry there. Mm -hmm. Even to the point that when one, one, one of them is, is starving and hungry, the other one, instead of just giving the food kindly, 
instead want to trade the birthrights, which for me indicates that there is jealousy and rivalry mm -hmm. between mm -hmm. them also. So favoritism that leads to jealousy and then this competition between the, the brothers. Travis. So I see some dysfunction in Jacob as well, because it seems like he must have known the promise that the older would serve the younger. And he's looking um, for a way to deceive his brother. I mean, you just, uh, you're just not going to come up with um, stealing the birthright in a moment's notice. It seems like he had to have been contemplating how he could get that birthright from Esau. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up, Travis and Jason. This reminds me a little bit of Jacob's uh, grandfather, Abram, uh, Abraham, always wanting to kind of try to do things his own way. So mm -hmm. Jacob is here. He's thinking, all right, now we, we have God's promise here, but how can I help God fulfill his promise? Mm -hmm. And that makes me think a lot of uh, his grandpa, Abraham. Yeah, mm -hmm. we see that these family traits are passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So we do need to be careful. Uh, our own choices do have a ripple effect. Um, thank you for bringing out that point, Jason. Um, I have a question. What is a birthright and why was it so significant? Um, we know, yeah, birthright is the order of birthright. The oldest usually gets the birthright. But what is the significance of a birthright anyhow? Why would Jacob be wanting this? Um, why would Esau just carelessly give it away? Um, what is this birthright? Yes, Nisha. Uh, so I think there are a couple of things with it. One, it indicates some sort of wealth that you're going to get. There's also uh, some sort of uh, spiritual preeminence. You're also mm -hmm. the priest of the family. Mm -hmm. um, so there are a couple of things that are um, uh, given th through this. And also we know that the, for, the, for this particular birthright, it's the one through which um, the Redeemer is going to come through. Yes. Um, so uh, the person to whom this is given, uh, there's also significance down the line for descendants to come as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Nisha. That's so important to remember that it's not just, oh, you're going to have the inheritance when your father passes away, but you actually have the responsibility to lead your family spiritually, to be like the priest of the family, and the promises are coming through your children to lead up to the Messiah, um, which is so important. Now, it's interesting to me how Esau just kind of flippantly gives it away. He doesn't say, well, you know, I think we should trade something more significant, not just a pot of soup. He's just like, sure, I'll, I'll make the trade. Um, and Hebrews gives us a little more insight into Esau's character and why he may have done that. And so we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to ask Shana to read that for us in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 17. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Thank you, Shana. Wow, we find some interesting uh, characteristics about Esau now, after the fact. Um, what do we learn about Esau from these passages? Yes, Jason. When the passage said profane, and that word in the margin says godless. Mm -hmm. and godless. So it's like he didn't have a relationship like his brother did with God. So therefore, mm -hmm. as he looked at his birthright and saying in scripture, I'm about to die, it's kind of like, I don't care. And mm -hmm. kind of just gave it away because yeah. of that. 
Yeah, so he didn't have that connection with God that we see Jacob had, um, and he just was thinking more about the things of this world. Well, um, you know, temporally, I'm going to die, so what is a birthright to me? Um, Rather than, God can take care of me. There's other places I can get food, (laughs) right? Um, So, yeah, we see this about his character, which is interesting to note, um, and why maybe God had already known ahead of time Mm. in this prophecy, the younger one is going to be the one to carry on this godly heritage. Yes, Harold? Well, it's kind of interesting because Esau was a hunter, and not only that, there was probably food around the house as well. So it's like, what kind of character is this? It's like, Mm -hmm. you're just thinking about the moment. You just Mm -hmm. want it now and then, and that's it. It's like not realizing, hey, you know, let me think about what the decision I'm making. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't contemplate. He, He doesn't like think before, it's like he acts before he thinks. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that. Yeah, important lessons for us. Well, we're going to continue on. We're going to see how um, just the characters of these two brothers plays out in the next part of the story. Um, And we're going to look at Jacob's deception and his restoration. So let's continue in Genesis chapter 27. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 17, and I'm going to ask Stephanie to read that for us and find out some important insights, um, kind of going back to how God makes a promise. Are we going to trust that promise, or are we going to take things into our own hands? Hmm. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now it came to pass, when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold now, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and make me savory food such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father, that he may eat it, and that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Get them for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as her father, his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, 
and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread, which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. Thank you, Stephanie. So what are some of the important insights we learn about this deceptive plan? Yes, Jason. It kind of seems like um, Jacob didn't want to do it at first, you know, mm-hmm. because he asked his mother, like, you know, won't I be a, found a deceiver, you know, because my brother's hairy, I'm not. And so it kind of seems like, you know, that character that we were talking about mm-hmm. was kind of coming up at that, you know, but sadly he hearkened to his mother's voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's an important point. Yeah. Um, yes, Stephanie. And just to tag along with what Jason is saying, he wasn't questioning whether or not God would see him as a deceiver, mm-hmm. but only what will I look like to my, my earthly father? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Jason. And his earthly father is apparently um, forgetting or not following God's guidance mm-hmm. there because uh, he's asking Esau to go uh, bring this food to do the birthright. It's like Isaac is, again, almost still, I don't know, deceptively trying to go against God, but Isaac still has his own plan. It's kind of like both parents have their own plan mm-hmm. and they're going to try to fulfill their own plan mm-hmm. regardless of what God says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're ignoring the prophecy. They're ignoring, well, one of them is trying to fulfill the prophecy in her own way right, right, and yeah. the other one's ignoring the prophecy and trying to make what they want to happen. Yes, Rodney and then Travis. Yeah, this is very troubling for me. And um, what I'm seeing is a trend. Mm-hmm. Um, you see uh, it in Abram back in the day, previous to, to this narrative, where he lied about Sarah. You see Sarah trying to have her own way and, and the cause of Ishmael. And then you see, you, you, do, you just kind of see a trend here, that mm-hmm. it, it, the trend of deception, mm-hmm. um, trying to trying to get to the end goal that God wants to get to without God's help. Mm. And it is, it's a lesson for us, really, because if we don't, if we don't place our trust in, in God, we're going to go and do our own thing as we see these characters in the Bible doing, and we're going to get ourselves in trouble as, as, as they did. But thank, thanks be to God that he has a way <laughs> of helping us to, to, right. to, to get to the point where we realize that we need to trust in him. Yes, yeah. thank you, mm-hmm. Rodney. What a wonderful point. And Travis? Well, it seems to me that this is uh, premeditated because um, we learned earlier Isaac loved um, Esau and Rebecca loved Jacob, and then um, Jacob's trying to steal the birthright, and, and now she's listening um, to the conversation that Isaac is having with Esau, and it seems like she even has the clothes ready. Like they're, they're, she's setting the stage to make all this happen. And I just thought, what discontentment, uh, what dysfunction, really, from the time these children are born up until now. Um, it seems like through the whole thing, there's been this wrestling with um, what's going to happen instead of just letting God work through it the way he promised mm-hmm. he would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I really would love to see one day when we get to heaven and we can ask God, how were you going to fulfill this plan? It would, <laughs> I would love to see what would have been, right? Uh -huh. um, rather than what actually took yeah, place. Right. But um, the good news is that God still works with broken people and yeah, that yeah. he still fulfills his promises in his way, um, even when we mess up, even when we make mistakes. So we can see God's mercy and his grace in his dealings with this family. Mm -hmm. um, now, if we continue on in the story, just for the sake of time, would someone like to summarize for us what actually happened? So um, Rebecca gives this advice to her son Jacob. She tells him exactly what he should do each and every step. Um, does he follow through with this advice? Does he say, yes, I'm going to do this, mother? Or does he say, no, I'm not going to um, disobey God? Yeah, so I, I would challenge that word advice. I think she's commanding mm -hmm. him to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and back to what was said earlier, it's, it's actually her plan of deception. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I pray to God we wouldn't have parents who would try to push us yeah. in plans of deception, mm -hmm. that we'd have the courage to say, no, I'm going to wait on God's mm -hmm. timing. But uh, the, wow. she also reads something into that story. She said that, that her husband said he's going to bless him in the Lord. Mm. And, and she never, he never said that. He said, I just want to bless you. Right. So maybe the blessing Jacob wanted to give to Esau was a blessing he could mm. give to any son, but not the blessing because mm. later, the, the blessing for the firstborn, he does give to Jacob mm. after the whole mm -hmm. deception is over. Mm -hmm. It's like you could have taken out this whole messy story right. yes, and God's me. plan would have been fulfilled. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Great yes. point, Pastor Derek. Mm -hmm. Now, let's continue on. Um, would someone summarize what actually happened? Rodney, would you be willing to do that for us um, just for the sake of time and, and continuing on in the story? What did Jacob do and, and what happened next? Well, he executed the plan of his mother to the letter T, uh, meaning he executed it according to uh, what she said. She, he gave uh, his father, he, uh, Jacob gave his father, Isaac, the, the stew. Um, Isaac blessed him because Isaac thought Jacob was really Esau because he placed this the skin of the animal on, on him and Isaac felt him and said, okay, yes, this is my son Esau, and he blessed him. And then the story came out to the entire family. Esau found out um, about the, what, what happened to, to Jacob. And then Rebecca, his mother, said to Jacob, I'm going to ask you please to flee quickly for your life. Flee to my, my brother Laban. And again, we'll see further down in the story, speaking about deception. You also see the same deception with Laban. I know we're not there yet in the story, but it's just, it's just unbelievable that when we, when we come off the track that God is leading us, it can really lead us to the path of destruction. Yes, thank you for mm -hmm. that summary, um, Rodney. So he actually deceives his father. His father asks him on three different occasions, are you really Esau? And yeah. he says, yes, I am. He doesn't deny it. Mm -hmm. um, he goes through with it. And, um, and then we see that Esau actually comes in right after Jacob left and finds out what his brother has done. And I want us to read Esau's response um, in Genesis chapter 27, verses 30 to 41. And I'm going to ask Sabina to read that for us. Okay, from 30 to 41. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, 
Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now, look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? And then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master, and all his brethren I have given to him as servants, with grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass, when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Thank you, Sabina. Wow. Um, what a interaction that happened afterwards. Um, Esau is very disappointed. Um, and then actually right after that, um, verse 41, set, um, would you read, continue a little bit further? I want to see how um, Esau responds after this blessing from his father. Yes. So, so I'll be reading verse 41 and it says, So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother, Jacob. Mm. Wow. So we see not only is he disappointed, but now he's making a plan in his heart that I'm going to retaliate. I'm going to get back at this brother who stole this blessing from me. Um, as soon as my father's dead, I'm going to take things into my own hands and I'm going to kill my brother. Wow. We see kind of the way that sin leads us, right? It always leads to destruction and death. Harold, you had a comment you wanted to add. It's interesting because technically the blessing did not come from Isaac directly. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, all the blessing comes from God. Mm -hmm. So it's it just like, it's just, you can see how like uh, earthly minded, uh, mm -hmm. because I know that um, in Hebrews 12, we read that Esau was considered profane or godless. So he even wasn't even thinking about spiritual godly things. He was just thinking about the temporary, the earthly things. Mm -hmm. And this is actually revealed. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he said that um, Jacob took or, or stole uh, his birthright, actually he sold it to him. So mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting that he even is lying. Yeah. So it's, it's all a mess in there. Yes, lots of dysfunction. <laughs> um, and right after this, um, Rebecca also hears this and says, you know, we have to do something about this. I have to protect my son. Um, and she actually talks to her husband 
um, Isaac and says, we need to send him back to my family so he can find a godly wife mm -hmm. um, and this will preserve his life from, mm -hmm. from J our Esau trying to kill him. And so that's what happens. Jacob is sent away. And I find it interesting in the passage we read earlier um, where Jacob was questioning his mother saying, um, you know, won't, um, won't my father curse me instead of bless me? And she said, let the curse be on me. Well, actually, we find that he never sees the face of his mother again. Mm -hmm. When he's sent away to go find a wife, we find later on the story when he returns, his mother has already passed away. Mm -hmm. So she did have, um, by, by that deception, it did lead to um, great uh, pain mm -hmm. in her life. She never saw that favored son right. again. Um, now let's con continue on because um, while things look hopeless and it seems like this family that's supposed to be the one that the, the Messiah is coming through is, is not godly, is not following his plans, um, we see that God still is working with this family, still working with Jacob, and he meets him as he's leaving his home. He's probably in fear. My brother wants to kill me. My father's going to die. I don't know if I'm going to see my family again. I have to go to this place I've never been. I don't know how I'm going to find a wife. He probably has um, guilt and remorse on him from the deception that he's played. Um, and we see God meets him there in all of that pain and all of that guilt and all of that burden. And let's go there to Genesis 28 verses 10 through 15. And I'm going to ask Nisha to read that for us. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to your, you and your descendants and your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to, to the north and to the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Mm. Amen. Wow, then, can you imagine how Jacob must have felt? Mm. He sees this vision of God himself. Mm. And, and he sees God, he hears God speaking to him saying, right. I'm going to be with you wherever you go right. and I'm going to fulfill my promise. Mm -hmm. I will bring you back to this place. Your descendants will be blessed and be a blessing to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't imagine how Jacob must have felt, okay, if God is with me, I can, I can leave. Right. And I know that he's going to guide me. Mm -hmm. um, what hope. Now, this ladder that he saw, um, in the New Testament, we find a wonderful revelation of what this ladder is a symbol of. And let's go to John chapter 1, verse 51. And I'm going to ask if Rodney would read that for us. John chapter 1, verse 51. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open." and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Mm. And this is Jesus speaking this, right? That's He's right. talking about himself. He refers to himself as the Son of Man in the Gospels many times. So this ladder that um, Jacob saw in this dream 
was pointing forward to Christ. Yeah. He yeah. is our connection from heaven to earth. He is yeah. the only way to the Father. Mm-hmm. Because of his sacrifice, we can be reunited with God again. And so Jacob is seeing this, another picture of the gospel, just like his, his father um, Isaac experienced, right, um, with the altar. Um, now he's getting another picture of the gospel um, hundreds of years before Jesus came. And I'm sure this is encouraging to him. Mm. Now, yes, you know, I Pastor see another Derek. picture of the immeasurable, unfailing love of God, mm-hmm. because God not only tells him cryptically, mm-hmm. Esau won't kill you mm-hmm. because he says you're going to be blessed with descendants. Mm-hmm. But he actually gives him a revelation Mm-hmm. through this vision mm-hmm. of the gospel message. Mm-hmm. And so, Brittany, I just feel really encouraged today yes. Amen. because probably someone's watching and says, I've done some of the same things. That's right. But there's always mercy and grace if we'll open our hearts to mm-hmm. God. That's right. Thank yes. you so much, Pastor Derek. Now, I wonder if any of you have a time where you try to do things your own way, like we see in this family, um, and you realize it didn't work, and you repented, you came to Jesus, and he, he gave you comfort. He gave you encouragement, and he gave you a new path, um, kind of like Jacob experienced at this moment. Does anyone have a story that they would like to share of, of God meeting you? Um, yes, Travis. So I've often wondered, I mean, I know now why, but I often wondered, you know, in business, I would want to make, um, buy certain things, you know, sometimes they were quite a bit of money and I thought that would be the best thing for my business. But I did proceed prayerfully most times mm-hmm. and, and I wouldn't be able to buy them or something would fall through. And later on, um, something else would happen and I would look back and say, had I bought that piece of equipment or that property or whatever, I would have been in huge trouble. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would just praise God. And then I wondered, well, why? Is he working that way? And then I think about how Jesus was, you know, to the fisherman, he would use fish to the woman at the well, he would use water. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking I was a businessman and God knew how to get my attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just praise God because had he not interceded in so many different ways, um, I could have been uh, co- completely unsuccessful in business. And that would have, you know, who knows what problems would have came from that. But mm-hmm. I saw God many times shut the doors that I thought for sure should have been opened for my success. Mm, thank you, Travis, for sharing. And Shana, we'd love to hear from you. I'm just thinking about, you know, I'm in, in a time in my life where I was pursuing a relationship with someone who the Lord did not ordain for me. And time after time, he was showing me, you know, this is not the person that I intended for you. Right. and it And it was like, you know, heartbreak after heartbreak with this individual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God was always saying to me, there is a better way. This is not the way that I intended for you. Just, just, you know, go the other way. And it it was after experiencing multiple heartbreaks that I just finally gave up and, and surrendered, mm-hmm. submitted myself to God's will. What, God, what do you want from me? Um, for my, you know, my partner, my my spouse, because this this is a something that you want for me, um, and it was after that ultimate surrender that he led me to my husband, and uh, it's the greatest thing, greatest gift that God has given to me. And if I had just surrendered and submitted to His will from earlier on, um, I wouldn't have 
it would not have had to go through, you know, the heartbreaks and the pain that I had gone through earlier. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Shana. I'm sure there's many of our viewers who are watching who may be experiencing that right now. Mm -hmm. And if you'll just surrender, God has a beautiful plan um, to bring you to that partner who will be one that you can walk with to heaven, not someone who's going to take you away um, from God. So um, submit like Shana did. It's a wonderful blessing I've experienced in my own life as well. Well, we've got to continue on with the story. We see that um, Jacob ends up leaving his homeland. He goes to um, his mother's side of the family, and he actually um, works for his uncle for a period of time. And we're going to pick up the story in Genesis 29, verses 20 to 25. And I'm going to ask Jason if you would read that for us. Genesis 29, verses 20 through 25. All right. Genesis 29, 20 through 25. Yes. All right. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Levin, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. Verse 22. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And Leban gave his maid Zelpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Leban, What is this you have done to me? What was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? Mm. Mm. <laughs> so what did Jacob experience as he's working for his uncle? Um, he actually requests Rachel um, to be his wife. And, and his father-in-law says, sure, work for me seven years. And he works for seven years. And then who does he receive on his wedding night? Leah. Leah, the older sister. The older sister. Um, and he doesn't realize it till the morning. This is not the one that I was promised. Um, and, and then he says, you've deceived me. Wow. Why do you think God allowed this to happen? God could have prevented this from happening. Why? Why did God allow this to happen, Nisha? Yeah, I just, uh, gosh, it's so amazing uh, that Jacob experiences a taste of his own medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, the yes. thing that, yeah, and I don't know, and maybe he never really understood uh, the impact of that deception in God's eyes, um, and and it and this, there's no way this wasn't going to touch home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the greatest deceit he could have, especially in someone that he loved and perhaps someone he trusted and worked for for this long, uh, to then wake up in the morning and then realize what had been done. And at some point, there must have been a oh. Uh, I see what I also did um, in my past at some mm. point. It was God's mercy so that um, that deceit would never be repeated again as well. Mm. That's right. So sometimes um, God has to take us through difficult situations for us to learn um, that maybe that some of the things that we've been involved in or some of the things that we do are not of him and, and how it hurts those around us. Um, God doesn't want to hurt us, but he wants us to understand what we're doing to others and what we're doing to ourselves. Um, And he used this circumstance to bring about some kind of revelation to Jacob and and to help him be able to understand what he's done. And we see later on in in Jacob's life that he does have a transformation. So this may have been one of those pivotal moments where transformation started Mm -hmm. to happen. We don't see it right away, um, but later on we do. Pastor Derek. So I'm I'm amazed that the Messiah comes through Mm -hmm. Leah's children. Mm -hmm. 
through Judah, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, right. Mm-hmm. and yet God also brings a deliverer through Rachel's mm-hmm. son, Joseph. Mm-hmm. It just tells me that God is amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yes. that God, uh, even when we may uh, see all kinds of deception around, mm-hmm. that our loving God can still accomplish His purpose. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. God can do anything and He can take our brokenness and bring something good out of it. There's mm-hmm. so many... Um, insights we can learn. Travis, did you have a comment you wanted to make? Well, I would just like to say that sin is its own consequence. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived for the Lord is not mocked for whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Mm -hmm. And we can receive God's blessings, but unfortunately the consequences of sin can still remain. Uh, but we still have hope in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Now, as we continue on in the lesson, we don't have time to read all of the verses, um, but there's many examples of dysfunction continuing on in this family. Um, We see that after he marries Leah, then he is given Rachel and he works another seven years. And then there starts to be this competition between Rachel and Leah about who's (laughs) going to give Jacob the most children and who is he going to love the most. And we see that at first, Rachel has no children. And Leah has son after son after son, but she's not receiving love from Jacob. Mm -hmm. Um, God is giving children to to try to um, encourage a loving relationship, but um, Jacob is not giving that to her. And then Rachel gives her servant and says, maybe I can have children through my servant, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like her grandmother did, um, right? And then um, after Leah stops bearing children, she gives her servant and says, well, now I'm going to continue having kids through my servant. And it's just a big mess. Mm -hmm. Child after child, born from multiple women, all of this jealousy and competition happening. And what can we learn from that? How does God work in the midst of all of our dysfunction? We have dysfunction in our lives too, right? We keep making some of the same mistakes in our lives and other people might look at it and be like, can't you learn by now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what can we learn about God and, and how he deals with Jacob and his family through all of this dysfunction, Sabina? Mm-hmm. You know, for me, what's startling is the contrast of what has been God's promise and covenant to Jacob and even to the other patriarchs, because God directly says that he's going to bless all the families of the earth. Mm -hmm. In comparison to their own attitude, everything that they are doing are just bringing suffering and hurt to each one of the family members. There is no one family member here that is not living with a hurt. Mm -hmm. So I think that the main lesson we have to follow through is, yes, God, he, he can repair He can make things beautiful out of the dust and he'll make something new. But you are better off if you just stay waiting on his promise. Because there there was one encounter with Jacob that he had was enough for everyone to be happy and blessed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's a lesson for us also that we are going to seek to abide and obey and be guided Mm -hmm. by God so that we are not going to hurt ourselves and those around Mm -hmm. us. That's Mm -hmm. a wonderful lesson to remember. Yes, Jason. Yeah, I'd like to read a scripture if I could. Sure. It's found in the book of Isaiah, the 55th chapter and 11th verse. It ties into this. Yeah. Let's go there. Yes. And so the Bible says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Mm -hmm. It shall not return to me void. Mm -hmm. It shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I have sent it. And so speaking about that, even the uh, earlier verses, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. So even in the dysfunctional, this dysfunctionality that's going on, God still is gonna have his word 
which he gave to Amen. Abraham mm -hmm. to be performed. You know, regardless of what's going on, God is so miraculous in his ways. He's making ways happen that we can't see behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be accomplished because his word is going to do just that. That's right. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. As we continue on in the story, we see um, that Jacob actually works for Laban several more years. He wants to go back to his family and Laban's like, no, God's blessed me because you've been here working for me. <laughs> right. So he works another six years and for a total of 20 years, he works for his uncle. Mm -hmm. And finally, um, he says, it's time to go home. And, and we could read um, the account, but we don't have time where we see that God actually directs him again, mm -hmm. just like he met him on, on his way to um, here now he's meeting him again and he says, it's time to go home. I'm going to be with you. Don't worry. I have a plan. And Jacob says, okay. Amen. And he actually surrenders and he follows that plan. And so we see a change happening in Jacob throughout all of the lessons that he's learned, um, the deception that he's done and now he's had done to him um, and the dysfunction that he's experienced, but he's learning that God is with him and that God will guide him if he puts his trust in him. Amen. And may each one of us learn that for our lives today. Like Sabina was saying, we don't have to go through all of that pain and suffering mm -hmm. if we just grab onto God's hand mm -hmm. and follow his plan for our lives. So may each of us, no matter where we are in our lives, may we surrender and give it all to God. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Brittany. What a powerful study. And we're so glad that you were with us for our study today as we continue our series on the book of Genesis. God has a good plan for your life. Trust him and follow his leading. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that even through family dysfunctions and blatant mistakes, that you still are faithful to your promises, that you work out a good plan. We ask you to forgive us where we have done foolish things. But please, Lord, Fulfill your promise and lead us mm -hmm. in the way everlasting. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. What an amazing book, the book of Genesis. So many practical lessons for our lives today. Take what you've learned and go out and be a blessing to those around you.